Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 210, and we are studying protology and eschatology. In case you're wondering, what in the world am I talking about Try to get a hold of a podcast or broadcast of episode 209 because it's an introduction to this whole series, and we're focusing on how the beginning reflects the end, and the end is contained in the beginning, and the beginning is a great lens to view the end. So we're looking at Genesis and how it will affect the biblical prophecy about the end times. So Protology and eschatology recognize there's a certain parallelism in the entire Bible. And Revelation chapter 22 and verse 13 sums it up so well. Jesus is saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the A and the Z in the Hebrew alphabet. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And the beginning and the end reflect each other. And you'll be amazed, you'll be amazed, I hope, as we go through Genesis, you'll see how rich these scriptures are in the first book of the Bible in helping us to understand and comprehend what the end will be like. So we're going to go right into the first chapter of the Bible. And protology is never a better place to start than Genesis 1. And verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He creates everything, the earth, everything on it in Genesis 1. And then he um, has this in the second to last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 21.1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Now, here's a point, and if you're a parent, you're going to find out about why in just a second, but if you're a parent or a catechist, it's really essential that young people in today's world, adults too, actually, really get this, and here's the point. The new heavens and the new earth will be just as real as the first heavens and the first earth, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega reflect each other. And yet, in so many minds, because we're living in the West, which means we kind of, uh, not kind of, we have inherited the Greek way of looking at spirituality, not the Hebrew way. The Greek way is that the spirit, the non-material part of ourselves and of things is good, and the material, including our bodies, is evil. And so even when people hear about new heavens and a new earth, well, the first one we know is real because we're, we're living on the earth, okay? But when we read about a new earth, we think that's somehow kind of um, Spookland or something. It's not really real. It's very real. Okay. Listen to what the last chapter of the Bible says 
about what the new heavens and a new earth will be like. And he showed me the river of the water of life, okay? A river and water, okay? Flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, Christ is on earth. He's not in heaven. He's, he's present here, joining heaven and earth. And it says in verse 2, through the middle of the street of the city, there are streets, there are cities. On either side of the river, the tree of life, trees with 12 kinds of fruit, fruits. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, nations. Streets, cities, rivers, trees, fruits, nations. Show me the average Catholic or Protestant young person today whose vision of eternal life includes things like streets, cities, rivers, trees, fruits, and nations. It's very non-material Greek and has nothing to do with Christianity. And how important this is for ethics and morals. Listen to our first pope in his second epistle, 2 Peter 3, starting in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up, extinguished at the molecular level in all likelihood. Verse 11, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Ethics morality grow out of eschatology. If you're trying to teach a young person ethics and morality and ditch the beginning and the end, they're going to be lost in space. They're going to be some kind of never-never land as far as their view of the future. But St. Peter goes on says, waiting, waiting, that means you're conscious of this, and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be kindled and dissolved, the elements will melt with fire, but according to his promise, we wait for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And again, the new heavens and the new earth, it's not that the first earth passes away into nothingness and we kind of dwell in a spiritual realm undefined, No, God has a plan from the beginning for eternity. And what eternity is going to be like, you look at what the creation was like before the fall, particularly look for the Garden of Eden, which we call paradise. And what is in Revelation 21 and 22 is paradise restored, not gone away, so we go somewhere else. Now, what will that new heavens and new earth be like? Isaiah 65 is probably one of the better places in the Bible to get descriptions. Uh, Starting in verse 17 of Isaiah 65, it says there's going to be gladness and rejoicing. It's going to be a happy place. And the stuff in this valley of tears, and some people even more than others, have a heavy cross in this life, and that sorrow and that sadness will be gone. They will not be remembered. There will be no more weeping, no more mourning, no more children dying in infancy, okay? 
all that stuff is past. It says in Isaiah 65, 21, they shall build houses and inhabit them. Boy, that sounds like reality to me. That doesn't sound like an Elvis mansion in the sky. That sounds like an on new earth. They also plant vineyards and eat the fruit of their labor. Work? I thought we're supposed to kind of like have retirementville when we go to heaven and do nothing. No, we work, we labor, but it's not fruitless labor where just weeds come up, but you plant stuff and it grows wonderful and it tastes delicious. And you don't have to worry about insects and weeds and all kinds of nasty stuff ruining your gardening. No, it's paradise restored, but it's real. I can't emphasize this enough because our young people aren't getting this. They're not getting this. And as a result, they think this is the only world they have to enjoy because the next world is kind of this nebulous thing that people kind of leave suspended in the air. And further it says, and their children will be with them. Generations will be together. You know, if you're believers in Christ, you have the blessing of multiple generations enjoying this new earth together. Again, you're not in the clouds, you're on a new earth. And then finally, it says, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Now, you probably know they don't do that right now. And it says, the lion will be a herbivore. He won't eat people and other animals. The lion will eat straw like an ox. It will be a paradise. And that paradise, once peace is restored in this world with God fully, and even evil is taken out, there will even be peace in the natural world amongst animals that are to this day predators. Now, I want to tell you about one of the worst things affecting, affecting ethics morality, and eschatology amongst Christians of all stripes today, and that's what I call heaven hymns. Um, A lot of them are just horrible. There's a whole website I found on heavenly hymns, and so many of them are so off base, they're not even Christian, and the Christians singing them have no idea. Here's a hymn that I found myself singing in just the last couple of months. And it's a hymn of a topic and title I really like, Rejoice the Lord is King. If you've been listening to me for any amount of time on Luke 21 Radio, you know the kingship of God is so important. So I was just singing away, Rejoice the Lord is King. Verse four, rejoice in glorious hope. Our Lord and judge shall come. That means when the Lord and judge comes, it's the second coming, and take his servants up to their eternal home. This is flat out wrong. This is horrible theology. At the second coming, he doesn't take us up to an eternal home up there. It's down here on a new earth. The Bible is clear as day on this. And yet our hymn, this is an otherwise great hymn, Rejoice the Lord is King, but it has horrible theology. Here's one even worse. This is kind of an old spiritual, I guess you call it. When the roll is called up yonder, you've heard this one. On that bright and cloudless morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise, that's the second coming, when the bodily resurrection, and the glory of his resurrection share, when his chosen ones shall gather to their home, 
beyond the skies. This might be some kind of very profound Egyptian or Greek religion, but it has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. There's no home beyond the skies at the resurrection. Yeah, we're immediately caught up and transfigured, given a new body fit for eternity on a new earth with streets and nations and fruit trees and homes and multiple generations and reality. It's not Spookville, it's reality. And and it says, and when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Sorry, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be here, not there, here on a new earth. I'm getting worked up on this because this is the Christian hope. And yet we have young people totally oblivious to the hope of the resurrection of the body and the new earth in which righteousness dwells for all eternity. And St. Paul warned that if this doesn't take place, if we're in kind of this Greek spirituality, well, eternity is somewhere else up there, then he says, why not eat and drink for tomorrow we die? You just raise hell on earth because heaven, you're not going to be having any enjoyment. What we like about our destination on earth God planted us in this earth. He made the beautiful earth. And we read about it in the opening chapters of Genesis, and it's reflected again. He restores it in Revelation 21 and 22. So if you're talking about eternity, it's not our eternal home up there. And when the roll is called up yonder, we'll be here on a glorious new earth. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 210 of Luke 21 Radio, and you might want to have your kids listen to this episode or at least listen to it a couple times yourself and share it with them. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.